What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of GM for Hire. I'm Jamil King. With me is RJ. And today we're going to talk about some college football. Uh, we're about a quarter of the way through the season right now. The SEC and the ACC, they're getting the ball rolling. The Big Ten is starting this weekend and the Pac-12 is starting in November. So um, we're just going to get it right off. So far, the, the SEC and the ACC are the only two conferences that I've been playing. Clemson and Alabama have remained the top dogs. Um, we'll jump into the ACC because RJ, you're a North Carolina guy and We'll get right to uh, – to, uh, we'll talk about Clemson first. Clemson, they've been dominating so far early. Um, their one true test came against Miami, and uh, they made quick work of them. Uh, what have you thought about Clemson so far this season? Man, this this team just does not miss a beat. Uh, it is – so we've had to deal with this Alabama dynasty for, you know, over 10 years now. Everybody, everybody might as well just settle in and get used to Clemson being that team right there with Bama. Uh, this Clemson team, it doesn't matter how many guys they lose to the draft. It doesn't matter how many coordinators leave and go be head coaches somewhere else. Uh, this team is just stupid. Uh, it's way too talented for the rest of the league. Um, I mean, we just saw them hang 73 on Georgia Tech. I understand Georgia Tech's not too swift, but you score 73 on anybody, you must have some studs. And Clemson, that's all they got is studs. I think they're three deep at every position with studs. So uh, you mentioned their one test against Miami. We thought that maybe Miami with their defense and maybe with De'Aaron King giving a spark to that offense that's been lagging, maybe they would finally step up and maybe give Clemson somewhat of a game. And uh, you mentioned they made quick work of them. That wasn't – after the first half, it was like, all right, yep, this is uh, – this looks like a Miami-Clemson game. Yeah, definitely. Um, Clemson did a lot. And I feel like Clemson didn't really have to open the playbook either. Uh, the screen game was working very, very well for them against Miami. And uh, for me, that Miami game, it came down to Miami's receivers just couldn't make any plays in the Clemson DBs. And um, I think Miami is a good football team. I think they're on the right track. But clearly, they're still a st- two steps behind Clemson, as is everyone else in that conference. Um, another team that that we thought could give Clemson a run for their money, a team uh, just north of South Carolina, is your Tar Heels. Uh, they started off the season winning. They weren't winning convincingly. The offense looked like they finally woke up against Virginia Tech, and then they played Florida State, and they, they came out flat. You were at the game. Tell me what you saw in that game, and we'll talk about North Carolina a little bit. Man, uh, they never got off the bus in the first half. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, they So, of course, people are going to think that I'm going to make excuses. They played awful. Um, there were some times where – they should have gone for field goals just to put points on the board. Look, they were down 24 to nothing, and they were down 31 to 7. They were down 24 points twice in that game. And there were a couple times where I felt that maybe they should have kicked field goals instead of going for it on fourth down. I get when you're behind that far, you gotta you want to catch up quick, but that's not always the right answer. You have to end every drive with points. Uh, even if it's just three. Yeah, you want seven, but you can't have zero. And three is that happy medium. So there was a couple times I felt like they should have gone for field goals at the end of their drives when they didn't. Sam Howe, who I have all the confidence in the world in, I love me some Sam Howe, made his worst play as a North Carolina Tar Heel, and it's that interception. I don't even know what Florida State player it was, but he was literally in the backfield, and he was throwing a screen to the running back. I don't even remember if it was Carter or Williams, which one. And uh, there was a Florida State defensive end in between him and the running back. I was talking about Kando's interception, yeah. 
yeah, he just caught the ball and ran it right in. I'm like, okay, I, I don't know what that was. Like, that's the worst play that I've ever seen Sam Howell make while wearing a Tar Heel uniform. But listen, I think – I'm going to go glass half full here. If North Carolina plays like they played in that second half, where that offense could not be stopped and Florida State did not score a single point, um, listen, I still think North Carolina is going to be the biggest challenger for Clemson for the next, you know, five years. Um, now, this year, I know Notre Dame's in the conference and everyone's already circling that Clemson-Notre Dame game. But I'm thinking long-term, like the ACC, who's going to stop Clemson from, you know, ruining the conference? I think North Carolina's still the closest, honestly. Yeah, um, they definitely ended uh, the game a lot better than they started. Um, Sam Howe didn't get any help by his receivers in that last drive. They, they probably should have tied the game for all those drops. But I, I think their, their offense, I know you like North Carolina. You're probably not going to like me for this. I think they, they looked a little overrated to start the season. I I love the running game. The running backs, that you like, me and you have talked about it. I think they have arguably one of the best tandems, if not the best tandem in the nation. They are very good at running the ball. I think the, the throwing game has just been a little flat this season. I'd like to see it become a little bit more consistent. Um but if they talk about the team they just played, uh, the Florida State Seminoles, they get their first marquee win they've had in in about four or five years. Um, they found looked like they found a quarterback in Jordan Travis, the Louisville transfer. We all know he's a great runner, but um, he's thrown the ball decently here and there. But um, his legs have really re, re, in, rejuvenated this Florida State offense. Um, I think they have found a playmaker. I think they're going to be able to get some wins with Travis at quarterback. And I was happy for them to, to get that big win. Uh, what do you see about, what do you think from the Knowles right now with, after that win? I agree that that win is so important for them. Um, listen, just a couple of weeks ago, they were playing a tight game with Jacksonville state. Uh, I, I mean, we were, me and my friends were watching that game and we're like, Oh my God, is Jacksonville state going to do this? And uh, finally Florida state ended up pulling away, but you're right. They do have a quarterback. Um, I didn't think James Blackman was awful, but now after seeing how much better they are without him, yeah, he must have been awful. Um, Jordan Travis, he is a much better runner than thrower, like you said, but I do think they're going to win some games with his legs. Um, he's a playmaker, and that's something that Florida State didn't have. I don't think Florida State's necessarily looking for a first-round pick, you know, big arm, prototypical guy you know, to lead them. They just want to be led and get some wins. And they don't really care how they do it. This guy can do it. Uh, he, he's a hell of a runner, like you said. Yeah, to change the culture definitely starts with one step forward. And I think they got that going against North Carolina. Uh, last note on the ACC, I'll talk about Notre Dame a little bit. You mentioned everybody's penciling Notre Dame, the challenge Clemson this year. Uh, Notre Dame's looked good at times this season, but against lackluster teams, they destroyed USF, our, our alma mater right there. Um and uh, they, they struggled against Louisville, only winning by, by a touchdown. It was a rainy game. It was sloppy. But um, aside from that, I still think this team is good. I think they, I think they can – I'm not going to say they can challenge Clemson, but um, I think they can get the run for their money for a little bit. Um, I like what Ian Book does. He, you know, he's the fifth-year senior. I, I think he's a good player. Um, they're running the ball pretty solidly. Um, I think they're going to have to find some more playmakers through the air if they're going to want to have a chance to even compete with Clemson, though. Yeah, no, uh, listen, I, until I see it, like I just can't buy the Notre Dame hype. Uh, they do this every year where they look good against inferior teams, and when they play a physical team from the south, they get blown out. A few years ago when Miami was ranked, what, number three or something yeah, like that, and that top ten matchup against Notre Dame, and they just blew Notre Dame out of the water. Um, how about when Clemson tore them up, what was it, 30-3 to three in the playoff a couple years ago? Uh, they just – they got to get over this hump 
where they can't beat physical Southern teams. So until I see them, look, they're going to play Clemson. And lucky for them, the game is actually in Notre Dame. So they don't have they don't have to travel and go up to Death Valley because if they did, they'd lose that game by 30. Uh, having that game in South Bend will definitely help. But until I see anything, you know, different out of them, I, I come on, can't believe the hype yet. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll definitely have to sit, wait and see if uh, Notre Dame can even get a good first quarter off against Clemson, a team that just starts hot and ends hot. Um, even the ACC and staying in the South, we'll go talk about the SEC for a little bit. We're just coming off of the game of the year, quote unquote, in the SEC. It was Georgia playing Alabama, and it was the Crimson's high prevailing, proving to still be the top dogs in the SEC as of right now. Um, the offense was moving on um, Mac Jones. He's proved to be a good quarterback. You know, people had questions before the season, if he could take over to a tag of Iola. And I think he's answering those. Yes. He has great receivers and Smith and Waddle uh, being one a and one B to arguably the best in the nation. But um, Najee Harris, he has turned into an absolute beast. He is running like the guy we all thought he would be when he came out of high school. Um, they ended up beating Georgia, Georgia. They're having their fair share of problems on offense. RJ, let's talk about that game a little bit. Yeah. Georgia in the first half, man, it looked like they were actually going to keep it close and it was actually going to be a decent game. And then, yeah, you mentioned the second half, Alabama proved that they are still Alabama. Mac Jones, you mentioned a lot of people criticized them. You know I was one of them. Uh, if you go back and watch our preseason predictions, I didn't really believe in him yet. He looks like he might be this year's Joe Burrow. Uh, the steps that he has taken, and you mentioned his receivers, but every quarterback has to have good receivers to look good. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe Burrow was good, but he also had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So I'm not trying to, you know, belittle what Joe Burrow did, but without receivers, Joe Burrow's not Joe Burrow. And I believe the same with Mac Jones. As long as he's got all these studs out here on the outside that he can dump the ball off to, and you mentioned Najee Harris actually looking like a five-star finally. Um, yeah, this team, it's scary what they can do. And really, it, it looks like as of right now, I mean, we haven't seen Ohio State play yet. But as of right now, I mean, it looks like it's Clemson, Bama, and then everyone else. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely touch on Ohio State here in a little bit. But I agree. I think two of the play, two of the four playoff spots are already booked, in my opinion. I think no matter how it is, I think we can pencil in Alabama and Clemson to be in the playoffs no matter what uh, at the end of the season. But uh, staying in the SEC, we'll stay in the SEC East. We'll talk about the Gators here a little bit. They just got with a little bit of COVID, so uh, they did not play LSU this past weekend. But uh, Kyle Trask has looked absolutely tremendous this season. The steps he has taken, I am very impressed by him. Um, that Florida offense is buzzing with Dan Mullen coaching, but uh, they sacrificed a defense this year for a great offense. They cannot stop anyone, and Texas A&M took advantage of that, and they, they gave them their first loss. What do you think about the Gators so far? Well, it's funny. If, you, if we would have done this a couple weeks ago, I would have said that Kyle Trask is this year's Joe Burrow because, um, yeah, you mentioned he looks amazing. Kyle Pitts is going to be a first-round pick. He's an absolute monster this year, too. You did say they gave up a defense. I think the entire SEC has given up a defense. I mean, let's be real. I don't think anybody can stop anybody. And we know there's talent in the SEC on defense. I don't think that's the problem. I just think all these offenses have finally caught up. When you've got Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss hanging, what they hang, 40 or 50 on Bama? Like, it was, it was a high yeah, score game. Yeah, they put up high I 40s. Think, yeah, and I think Bama had 60 in that game. You've got Florida can score with anybody. A&M can score with anybody. I still think Mississippi State, we're going to have to reevaluate them. I don't Oh, I, don't really I, I have some words for them, too. Yeah. Yeah, we, I, I don't really know what that's all about. Yeah. I don't think anybody can stop anybody in the SEC. I think it's going to look like some of those Big 12 conferences from the last couple years where every game is played in the 40s. I think that's our SEC for this year. I definitely agree with you for this year. I think that's the SEC. But um, 
I think given a year or two, when you get, when these coaches sit down to look at some off season film, they evaluate some things. I think the defenses will, will get, will get back to where they were because one, the defensive minds in this conference are pretty solid. And number two, the players you're recruiting in this conference are so good that eventually you're going to get styles because these are NFL level guys you're bringing into these schools. But um, I agree with you though. The defenses are a step behind this year and uh, we'll stick, we'll stick with the East real quick. Um, You know, Georgia did lose to Alabama, but uh, to me, um, from what I saw from that game, I still think they'll be able to beat Florida this year and take the SEC East. And I think they still have a good chance to make the playoffs. So what do you think about them right now? I still – I so Georgia looks like Georgia. I mean, they, they look like they should. They're a really good team. I think they're one of the best in the country. I think Stetson Bennett has been a savior for them uh, because what was it, week one for them when they played Arkansas? Yeah, um, Mathis, they looked horrible. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That was that a bad was, first half. Yeah, me and you were talking. I said, is Georgia on the ropes? That was ugly, yeah. So Stetson Bennett coming in and actually looking like a competent quarterback has saved their season mm-hmm. because they could have easily lost Arkansas week one. I still think Florida's going to beat them. Uh, I'm not going to change that pick. I know Georgia played well against Bama. Uh, Florida just, you know, I think they got comfortable against A&M. They, they didn't keep their foot on the gas, and I think that was the problem. When you put them two in a rivalry game up in Jacksonville in a couple weeks, I still think Florida's going to beat them. I think this is finally the year they do it. Um, I, I expect a higher scoring game than we've seen probably the last 10 years in that series. But uh, I just – the leaps that Florida has made on offense this year, I think it's going to pay off in that Georgia game. Well, me and you stick to our guns in that game. We'll see how that shakes out in a couple of weeks. But uh, to jump over to the West, we'll talk about Mississippi State real quick, a team that I was high on. Me and you were both high on their offense. I predicted them to beat LSU week one. They did it. And ever since then, their offense has gone downhill. It looks like TJ Costello might be done at quarterback in place of, of a freshman. Um, but from what I've seen from, from Mississippi State's games is teams are daring them to put the ball in sight window. They're dropping, they're rushing three, dropping eight, and they're saying you got to make a throw, and the throws are not there right now. Uh, what do you see from Mississippi State right now? Yeah, man, talk about a roller coaster of emotions in Starkville. Um, yeah, you start the season beating the defending national champions. You're thinking, man, wow, this Mike Leach hire might have been the hire of the offseason. We might, you know. We're back if you're a Mississippi State fan. And uh, now it looks like they're back again, uh, being back to what Mississippi State, you know, normally is. You can't lose to Arkansas. I'm sorry. I know Sam Pittman's doing a great job. Arkansas's playing inspired. Felipe Franks is playing well. Right now, with the, with the talent in the conference, you just can't lose to Arkansas. I, I, you just cannot lose that game yet. Uh, Mike Leach is going to be fine. I still – I don't want to overreact about Mississippi State. Um, I just think with as high as they started, yeah, they've absolutely hit rock bottom in the couple weeks since then. But I still like Mike Leach in this conference. I think it's going to be interesting. I still think they're going to sling the ball around once they get a better quarterback. Listen, KJ Costello showed up in week one and absolutely lit the world on fire. He set records and this and that. But let's not act like KJ Costello was exactly setting the world on fire at Stanford. You know, he's just – he's. He's a B minus, you know, quarterback. Let's, you know, I think Mike Leach made him look really good week one. And now I think he's just getting back to being himself uh, or at least what he's put on tape for us. Um, Yeah. I'm not going to overreact to Mississippi state yet. Uh, I do want to see Mike Leach, get him a really good quarterback that he loves, get him in there, get the system. And I still think they're going to be a problem for all these sec schools. 
Yeah, I definitely think he needs a full off season without uh, COVID restrictions and uh, to get some recruiting and get in there, getting his guys in there to learn the system. But uh, two quick notes before we leave the SEC. Uh, you talked about Arkansas. Um, they started off the season pretty solid. I'm happy for them. Uh, they're getting some wins. They beat Ole Miss, a team we, we also like with Lane Kiffin. We mentioned their offense has been buzzing. Matt Corral's looked great, except for this game against uh, Arkansas. But uh, I'm glad to see Arkansas getting some wins. Yeah, no, so am I. When we did our preseason uh, – you know, a preview. I don't think I had Arkansas winning a game, and I felt bad for him because I'm like, man, I want to see y'all win, but I just can't find a win on here. And now they've beaten both Mississippi schools. So hey, good for them. Yeah. Um. So that's that's all we see about the SEC and the ACC. Um. We get the Big Ten back this week, and um, shortened season obviously just starting here at the end of October. But um, we get to see Justin Fields and this Ohio State team. They start off against Scott Frost and Nebraska. Scott Frost, he has yet to find his mojo that he had here in Orlando with UCF. Um, I think that the Buckeyes will cruise in this game. I think Justin Fields will put up some good numbers and he will start his fields for Heisman and fields for number two overall pick right behind Trevor Lawrence campaign. Yeah, I so here's the thing. You mentioned the Heisman. That's going to be so interesting. Like, how are you going to be able to compare Trevor Lawrence, who's going to play what 11 and then 12 potentially you know 13 14 games versus Justin Fields who's going to play eight and then a conference championship and then go to the playoff that's only nine like we're going to have to figure out here's the thing Justin Fields is going to have to absolutely light the world on fire to get a Heisman vote from me and the reasoning you need those those extra stats like they matter like I'm not going to sit here and say that you know, just because this guy played good in eight games, well, we have to judge the entire body of work. And if this guy's been balling for 11 and this guy's been balling for eight, you got to go with the guy that played 11 games, right? Like, you, you just have to. You mentioned Ohio State also with their uh, with their playoff, you know, aspirations here. Listen, I personally think a Big Ten team has to go undefeated to make the playoff. If Ohio State loses one game, I, I can't put them in the playoff over a team that's going to have – four more, three more games played than them. That just doesn't seem fair to me. So Ohio State, I think they have a ton of pressure on them, um, which I think they'll be fine because I think the level of talent in the Big Ten between Ohio State and everybody else, I just think it's a huge gap. Uh, So I think they'll be fine. But to me, they have to go undefeated to make the playoff. Um, I definitely think um, that's going to be interesting. You talked about, well, first of all, you said the highest one. I think it is Trevor Lawrence's Lord's award to lose. But um, on that same note with this shortened season, that's the, that's the dilemma we're in. What, what does a Big Ten team have to do to make the playoffs? Do they have to go undefeated? Can they afford one loss? Um, this conference is still loaded. So I think a one-loss team could potentially still sneak in, but you would have to lose to a ranked team, and then you would have to probably beat another ranked team or said ranked team in the conference championship game um, that this this COVID season is going to be very, very interesting to see um, what these teams have to do to make the playoffs. I personally think that a big 10 team will get in because it is a strong conference. I, I think Ohio state has all the, the, the ch- uh, excuse me. I think Ohio state has all the opportunity in the world to go undefeated and win the big 10. Um, that's just me personally. I'm looking at their schedule. They're going to play a ranked team in Penn State. They're going to play another ranked team in Michigan. Uh, that's two ranked teams, and they could possibly play another one in the conference title game, which would give them three ranked wins, which is alongside a couple of the teams that they'll be fighting with, I think. But um, to stay in the Big Ten, there's a couple other teams that we cannot hit. Uh, Penn State, they're coming. They're ranked about nine right now in the ranking I'm looking at. Um, what do you think of them so far going into this season? So Penn State in the Big Ten, 
is a lot like Georgia in the SEC. I think they have a lot of talent. I think they're good. Um, I think they're coached well. I think they have solid players, this and that. But they have a they have a single problem, and Georgia has an Alabama problem. Penn State has an Ohio State problem. If you can't beat Ohio State, it's not going to matter. Um, I don't. Are the Big Ten even doing? I think they're still doing divisions this year, right? Yeah, I feel like they are. Yeah. Well, Penn State and Ohio State are in the same division. If you can't beat Ohio State, you're never going to make it to the Big Ten championship game. So you're not even going to get that opportunity to play that ranked team in a conference championship and prove your case for a playoff. So Penn State, until they can get over their Ohio State problem, I just can't I can't buy in on them yet, honestly. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Michael Parsons is not going to opt back into this season, which is their best player on defense. Um, just a couple quick more notes on the Big Ten. Um they have about five ranked teams. Um, Minnesota's back this season. They have Tanner Morgan back quarterback. They have Rashad Bateman back at receiver. Um, I like this Minnesota team a lot. I liked them last year. Um, I think they have a chance to uh, to win their side of the conference this season. Um, obviously, their biggest challenge is going to be Wisconsin and the, the pesky Iowa um, Hawkeyes who caught them last year. But this time, they host them in Minnesota. Um, I like this Minnesota team. What about you? Yeah, I really like them. I, I definitely expect them to win their division. Um, they have, they have to get over that Wisconsin hump. They've got to beat Wisconsin. A quick note on Wisconsin. If you look at ESPN's FPI like rankings, which don't mean anything to me anyway, but they look and they give a percentage chance for every team to make the playoff. Your top four, you know, are your usual suspects with, you know, Bama, Clemson, Ohio state, and I'm pretty sure Georgia. Do you know who the number five team is on the FPI with the highest chance to make the playoff? Is it Wisconsin? It's Wisconsin. And I'm about to fall off this chair. It's Wisconsin. Where are they getting that from? I, I don't see any chance in the world that Wisconsin can lose their best player, Jonathan Taylor. Their quarterback, Cone, is out indefinitely. Who knows when he's going to play? And this team all of a sudden is going to get better and has the fifth best chance to make the playoff? No, 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 no. And that's another team that has an Ohio State problem. And I don't need to see them play each other again, because every time we think that Wisconsin is, you know, getting better, here they come, here they come. They can keep it close with Ohio State and the Buckeyes just blow them out in the championship game every year. Um, I want to see Minnesota take that next step. I love P.J. Fleck. I think he's got a long future ahead of him. Um, yeah, we're, we're rowing the boat this year. Yeah, I'm definitely high on Minnesota as well. I think we're going to get an Ohio State-Minnesota Big Ten championship game over there. Um, and we'll hop on over to the West Coast, the Pac-12. They um they came out with their schedule not too long ago. They're going to play football, but they're starting even later in the season. And um, you want to talk about – we talked about the Big Ten and said you think a team has to go undefeated. Um, the Pac-12 already struggles to get into the playoffs in a regular season. Now you're starting in November – um, I'm gonna check and see how many games they're they're playing, but seven. while I do that, um, seven. I definitely think you ha they're playing seven. They're playing seven games. Yeah, I, I thought it was seven or eight, but um, you have to go undefeated no matter what to make the playoffs, and even then, I think you're gonna have yeah. a hard time getting in. If Oregon is seven and zero, I'm still not putting them in. I don't care. Um, literally. <laughs> The Pac-12, I mean, I'm glad they're coming back literally just for one reason, and that's for Pac-12 after dark. And that's so I can pass out at 2 a.m. watching college football on Saturdays. I love it. That's the only time I even watch the Pac-12. A team, a conference that is already not as good as the other conferences, no one respects it, and now you're only going to play seven games? If Oregon goes 7-0, and I'm not putting them in the playoff. I'm just not. 
Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs. Let's say Oregon or USC do roll the table. Do you put in that team ahead of, let's say, a one-loss or two-loss SEC championship loser? Let's say let's rent, let's say Georgia or Alabama, Georgia or Florida go to the SEC championship, lose to Alabama. Are you putting in the undefeated um, team from the Pac-12? Are you putting in Florida or Georgia? That's I think that's the dilemma we're going to see. Yeah. If Oregon wins every game by 20 um, and they look like they're just men playing with boys, then I'll consider it, but I don't see that happening. Um, yeah, I think an undefeated Clemson is in. Hypothetically, an undefeated Bama, but I still I still like Florida's chances in the SEC championship. Um, an undefeated Bama. And then, yeah, you mentioned whoever they beat in that game would have a second loss. That's – I don't know. That's kind of tough. Oregon is going to have to absolutely blow everyone schedule. They don't even play anyone. They play Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, and Washington. Those are all average teams right now. And you can't you can't tell me the Pac-12 didn't do that on purpose. They want to make sure Oregon goes undefeated, give themselves the best chance to put themselves in the playoff. Well, what That's they why did they didn't was put USC they, and they, they didn't just put didn't put any crossover. They didn't put any crossover games in. So essentially, you're just playing your side of the conference. Is what's happening. Yeah. Here. No, that's except. Well, they have one. Oregon has one. It's UCLA. That's their one crossover opponent. It's so still going to backfire on them. Yeah, I, I, I personally don't see them getting in i personally would still go i think georgia and i'm not georgia i think clemson alabama they're locks i think there's two spots left that's that's being played for right now and i think it's going to be between a big 10 school and another sec school that's just the way i see it playing out yeah no i I agree i don't think you mentioned ranked wins earlier oregon's not going to have a ranked win on their schedule um i don't think i mean Let's let's be real. Oregon's resume is not going to come anywhere close to anyone else's resume. So a conference that's already not as good and they've already struggled to keep up. Now you're playing less games. No, I I can't see it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you when it comes to that. I think the Pac-12, um, they're still going to be behind the eight ball. Another year where they don't make the the playoffs, and I think their commissioner Larry Walker, he's going to have uh, Larry Scott, not Larry Walker, Larry Walker from MLB, great. Larry Scott, he's going to have a lot to look at. Um. What, what does he have to do to get his conference into the playoffs? They've missed the past few, and uh, when they've got in, they haven't made too much noise aside from Morgan. Uh, that's been a saving grace when they made it to the championship. But um, I, Look, I, I know that, you know, all the other schools in that conference don't want to hear it, but until USC is back, the Pac-12 won't be back. Um, it's going to live and die with USC. Like, until USC can get off of the Clay Helton train and they go and throw $10 million a year at Urban Meyer, um, I, that conference isn't going to be back. I just don't think it's going to happen. Well, everybody is in love with their quarterback, Keenan Slows. Um, we'll see if he can come out and re and re and uh, refine his form from last year. Because at the end of the season, very good last year, he had a lot of Twitter scouts going crazy, a lot of people excited for him to come this season. So we'll see if he can lead yeah. USC to some wins. Uh They'll need his offense to win these games and to see if they can make some noise and go undefeated and get some momentum going into the next season. But um, I think we have a consensus that they're not going to make the playoffs and that uh, it's still SEC and ACC world. And uh, But the Big Ten is coming. I think the Big Ten has some good teams. And we didn't mention the Big 12. I mean, oh, hey, shoot. Yeah. I Let's talk about Oklahoma the Big 12 State. for a minute. I completely forgot I about the Big Oklahoma 12. State to win that conference. We have a lot so to talk still... about the Big 12. I completely <laughs> forgot about the Big 12. We could talk about them. <laughs> a lot of people do. 
a lot well, of because well the top it. dogs are falling. You have Texas. Yep. Texas has two losses, should be three. Oklahoma has two losses. The two big dogs right there. Um, your Oklahoma State. So they're already eliminated. They're eliminated from the playoff already. Yeah, the playoff eliminated from. They could still win the Big 12, and the Big 12 could get yep. no playoff team. But um, yep. I, I personally think the Big 12 is going to beat each other out because they're already yeah, on that track right now. Yeah, I, uh, I look, I picked Oklahoma State before the year, so I'm going to keep riding that train. Uh, they haven't looked great, but good God, they've been winning. And that's all that matters in that conference right now because nobody else can keep winning on a consistent basis. Iowa State can't win. Texas can't win. Oklahoma can't win. TCU's frauds. Kansas State, are we really buying them yet? I mean, hey, it's Oklahoma State, and then it's everybody else. The entire Big 12 has to put all their eggs in the Oklahoma State basket right now. Unless Oklahoma State rolls the table, there's no way I see a playoff team coming out of this conference because you have a one-loss Iowa State team who lost to Louisiana Lafayette. You have a Kansas State team with one loss, lost Arkansas State. Um, those aren't the losses that are going to get you in the playoffs. I'm sorry. And um, No, those will, those will definitely hold you back. Kansas State's working with a freshman quarterback now since Skylar Thompson's out for this season. Uh, Iowa State has brought pretty senior leading the way. Um, we'll see if Oklahoma State can get Sanders back. They have a freshman quarterback right now. We'll see if they can finish it off. But um, I think this is just a one-year pause. I think Oklahoma will be back next year for vengeance when their whole offense isn't freshman and sophomore anymore. Um, I think that uh, Spencer Rattler will be back next season with a lot of confidence. Or they'll have Caleb Williams, the number one ranked quarterback in the nation right now. Um, I think they'll be back next year. But um, this conference is a mess right now. Um, I, I just don't see a playoff contender coming out of it unless Oklahoma State somehow goes undefeated and they can sneak in. I don't know. Oklahoma might not be back next year because uh, the boy Lincoln Riley might be coaching Deshaun over in Houston. I don't see any. I I don't see how Lincoln Riley leaves. Um, we can have, we could probably go for an hour on coaches. Nah, he, honestly, nah, he, he's got it made. He should never leave. Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't. He's see got him it made. I think if he was going to leave for any job, he would have took the Cowboys job this past off season. He didn't do yep, it. I think so too. Uh, I think he's yep. locked in Oklahoma. And uh, while we're here, we'll talk about the AAC real quick. Memphis beat UCF. Um, UCF two losses now. I know you were high on them before the season. I was high on them before the season. Their offense looks absolutely ridiculous. They put up almost 800 yards against Memphis, but um, their defense cannot buy a stop. <laughs> they look like an SEC team. That's crazy. Um, listen, I, yeah, we were high on UCF, but that was another team in the AAC that I was high on, and not Cincinnati. It was SMU. SMU. I am <laughs> high on them. SMU. I love it. They're going to play Cincinnati this week. I know everybody's excited about the Big Ten coming back. I know there's some big games around the country. Don't sleep on the 9 o'clock kick on ESPN, Cincinnati at SMU. That is the American Championship this weekend. Like, it's happening this weekend. I'm hyped for it. I think Shane Bouchelle can sling it around. I think SMU is going to upset Cincinnati this week. That's my AAC team this year. Yeah, Bouchelle could definitely sling it. Um, I think they'll be hurt by those two season-ending injuries they took to their offense, that running back and receiver. But um, I think they'll be able to, to bounce back. And um, that should be a great game. That's a new new word for them, smoo. I've never called smoo. them. I've never heard them called that. But, uh, oh, yeah. Smoo. We'll calling them smoo over <laughs> here. But um, <laughs> that, that does it for us here with our little mid-season um, review of college football. Um, we're going to for sure be back with weekly episodes. We're going to talk about college football because, frankly, we love college football. Probably the only two that watch it and James were higher. And um, we want to we want to get everybody's thoughts. Uh, we want to get your thoughts. If you have any questions, anything you want us to talk about, feel free to hit us up. Uh, my personal, my Twitter, at Jamil King. Um, RJ, you can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter as well. Um, let us know what you guys think in the comments or whatever you guys want to talk. What find, 
let us know what you want us to talk about in these coming weeks in the college football season. We're excited the Big Ten's coming back. Uh, we're excited that the SEC is an offensive league now. And uh, the ACC, we'll see if anybody can dethrone Clemson. For that, I'm Janelle, that's RJ, and we're out of here.